In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear friends in Christ, we are still, as Pastor Poppy said during the opening announcements, in the season of Epiphany. It's a rather shortened Epiphany this year with an early Easter, but it's Epiphany all the same. Epiphany is the season of the church year when Jesus teaches us who he is, when he reveals himself, manifests himself, preaches about himself, if you will. And what is it that he reveals? That Jesus is both God and man. And he shows that to be the case by performing miracles, by healing people who are sick, by preaching sermons, even as he does in our gospel lesson for today, by changing water into wine. Jesus reveals the truth about himself. And what better place to do it than at a wedding? After all, God delights in marriage. God invented marriage. God gave marriage as a good gift to humanity in the very beginning, before the fall into sin. Therefore, when God said about all the creation, it was very good, marriage was one of the things that he talked about. In marriage, God gifts husband and wife to each other. He gives them as a good gift to one another until death do they part. And in that gift of husband and wife to one another, God reveals himself and his own relationship with us. Just as a husband and wife promise to be with each other in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, God promises to be with you in all of these things as well. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't divorce himself from you. God is always there, providing caring, and loving. God reveals himself to us in the great gift of marriage. He is our groom and we are his bride. That's good news. And that's why at weddings people rejoice. The groom and the bride dress up in the fanciest clothes they can. And they take lots of pictures to remember how happy they were the day they got married. The church building even rejoices, decorated with bouquets of flowers. Sometimes white sashes on the pew ends, gossamer, centerpieces all sorts of fancy things. For many people, their wedding meal will be the fanciest meal of their entire life. And it shows on their faces, doesn't it? 
joy, smiles, all the family and friend dancing to music, wine, beer. Well, those in moderation, of course, they celebrate, they rejoice at God's gift of marriage to man and to woman. Just as we rejoice as God's gift of love and care and compassion to us, his bride. What a blessing marriage is. And what a God we have that gives that blessing. Now I know that because of sin, marriage isn't always as good as it was in the beginning. The joy that so often is expressed in the smiles and the music and the dancing seems to be quickly dampened by the trials and tribulations of this world. Couples grow weary of each other's sin. Sinners keep on sitting, after all. That cannot be changed. And Satan, well, he hasn't met a good gift of God that he hasn't desired to destroy and corrupt and tarnish. And he seeks to do that for marriage as well. Marriage is twisted by sin so that Satan might distort not only marriage, but the relationship God has with us that mirrors marriage. God gives good gifts. Satan twists them to his own desires. How? With divorce. With redefining God's love for us by redefining marriage. By opening our hearts to idolatry. By opening the acts of marriage to those who are not our spouses. By turning marriage not into a lifelong institution, but instead a temporary feelings-based institution. Satan works hard to corrupt marriage. Satan works hard to destroy God's good gifts. Satan seeks to drive God out of your heart by making God's good gift of marriage a wearisome task in this sinful world. And when Satan succeeds and marriage is twisted, the joy that comes out of marriage is also dampened. 
You see that all over the place, don't we? Even the comedians point this out in their sketches and routines. I think it's Jeff Foxworthy who said, when I said, I do, and until death do we part, I had thought it was a promise, not a sentence. Is that the way to speak of a good gift of God? See, Satan corrupts. Satan destroys. Satan takes away joy. It's not just in marriage that this happens. That just happens to be what's mentioned in the text. It happens in all sorts of ways. Satan twists and corrupts and destroys. In our Old Testament lesson, homes and cities are destroyed by warfare. Satan's lie that we can gain a worthwhile power in this world with no concern for God or life. Satan corrupts in politics, teaching people that worldly power and glory is the top and most important power and glory, taking attributes reserved for God and placing them upon people who hold mere temporary offices. Music, art, literature become watered down shadows. Beauty is forgotten. Knowledge and logic replaced with emotion. Human interaction replaced with staring at a screen and typing on a keyboard which primarily boils down to just being angry at a person who thinks differently than you. God's good gifts, twisted, corrupted, destroyed, and our joy is taken away as a result. Dear Christian, when was the last time you felt joy? True joy. Wedding-like joy. When's the last time you could say, no, I'm not dis depressed, I'm glad, I'm happy. Has it been a while? Do you even remember what joy feels like? The joy of watching a newly married couple in their first dance. The joy of laughing with a friend. The joy of visiting family 
seeing a smile. Do you have joy? Or has it been twisted, corrupted, destroyed? Has the happiness of this world, which God gives, been watered down, become meaningless, shallow? Is it but a shadow of what God originally gave? Dear friends in Christ, we live in a time where there is a deficit of joy. And that brings us to our gospel lesson for today, dear friends in Christ, where Jesus attends a wedding with his disciples and his mother at a teeny tiny little town just a few miles away from his hometown of Nazareth. The couple is newly wed. The town is rejoicing, having fun, celebrating, dancing, enjoying laughs with friends. In the midst of this joy, the wine runs out. It is an inauspicious beginning for this couple. And everyone knows it. Jesus' mother brings this to our Lord's attention. In the gospel lesson, she says, they have no wine. And what is a big deal for us is no big deal for Jesus. Mary knows that God loves joy and happiness. She tells the servants, do whatever Jesus tells you. Fill these huge stone jars with water all the way to the brim. Then draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And is, as the water is drawn out and borne to the slave in charge of the feast, it becomes, it becomes wine. Not just your average wine, not even the cheap wine we use for communion. It becomes the best of wine, the finest wine there has ever been. Why? Because God loves joy and celebrating and giving and providing. Jesus blesses that wedding, that marriage, that town with joy. By doing so, Jesus reveals who he is. He's not just some guy. He's not even a winemaker. 
He's not just a moral teacher. He's God. God who gives gifts. Gifts that bring joy and peace and comfort and happiness. He's God who delights in pouring out blessings, in caring for his people, of providing for them things that they don't even expect. Jesus is God who is able to turn merely wet water into the finest of wines, gallons and gallons and gallons of it. In Cana today, they have a few stone jars that are of the type used. They are almost as big as the pulpit. How many did Jesus turn into wine? There were gallons of it. Jesus is God. God in the flesh. The same God who rejoiced at the marriage of Adam and Eve, of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Rachel. Jesus is God who bestows good gifts and sustains throughout entire lifetimes of struggles, of poverty, of sufferings, of sicknesses, of difficulties. Jesus is God who gives joy in spite of all these things, even in the face of all these things. God gives joy through Jesus. Wedding-style joy. How? All of the things that Satan sought to corrupt and obscure and destroy, Jesus fixes. He fixes them by eliminating sin, by forgiving it all by his work on the cross, by his pouring out of blood, by his death. He dies to destroy Satan's twisted lies and nonsense. He rises again to declare that Satan is truly destroyed, his head crushed by the nail-pierced feet of Jesus, his power over you gone, wiped away. Now, you're free to have joy. Joy in this world and joy in the world to come. Joy that's present in sickness and in health. Joy no matter if you're poor or rich. Joy that's yours for better and for worse. God gives you joy in the forgiveness earned by Christ, dear Christian. Wedding style joy with all the smiles, the fancy clothes, the feasting, the celebration, the wine in moderation, the chicken dance joy. 
God gives that to you in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, which grants you forgiveness of sins now and forever. So, rejoice in that joy, because it's yours now. In pandemic, in political unrest, in uncertainty, that joy is still here. Rejoice. Be glad. Jesus reveals who he is. And he's come to bring you that joy. In the name of Jesus, amen.